0: There you go. Once more to Talking Point, and if it's a Tuesday evening, it's time for The Focus on Palestine. That's with Molina Egsan Hendricks, the Executive Director of the al Foundation of South Africa. Now, if you'll remember, two weeks ago, Molina said that uh, Molina will be taking a different perspective on the Focus on Palestine program to give us a better and a deeper understanding of the issue around Palestine and Masjid al-Aqsa di Mubarak, are those areas. Maulana is online. Maulana, assalamu alaikum to you.
1: Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuhu, wa tajamil, and to all the listeners of radio, Voice of the
0: Cape, this blessed evening. Shukran once more for your time, Molina. Uh, my introduction there, more or less, what I understood two weeks ago, Molina, saying you want to just uh, take a different, a bit of a different perspective on, on the program, our focus on Palestine uh, program, Molina.
1: Yeah, most definitely, Mr. Jamil, and we regard it as the continuity of uh the new uh, edition that we started approximately two, three weeks ago, and uh, just as a refresher for last week's uh, program, we started dealing with the Al-Issa or al mm-hmm. as to be seen as to be the commencement of the conquest of the Beit al-Maqdis. Uh, the point that we emphasized with the Jamil, was very clear that no uh, army preceded the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the night of Laylatul Isra wal Ma'araj, which means that in actual fact one of the very important points with the Jamil that we must share with the listeners tonight is significantly the Nabi alayhi alayhi wa sallam prior to the Isra wal Maaraj, never performed salah any place outside the Arabian Peninsula. So the night of al-Isra wal Maaraj to further establish the very unique connection between, as the Quran says in the beginning of Surah al-Isra, Subhan Allazi Asra as bi'abdihi, Laylam min al-Mashjid al-Haram ila al-Mashjid al-Aqsa. And so the Salah, the night of Laylat isra wal-Ma'raj leading the Anbiya alayhmus salatu salam in Salah in Baytul Maqdis is in actual fact, the reinforcement of the connection of the Ummah to Bayt al-Maqdis Peace. And that Bayt al-Maqdis Does form an integral part Of the belief Of the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. It is from this particular perspective B'l-Jameel, That we emphasize all the time That our obligation Is one that forms an integral part to the belief and the iman of the Ummah sallallahu alaihi wa wa sallam. Tonight I want to repeat Abu Jamil and uh, again remind the community that the circumstances that prevail. Prior to the Isra al and I want to draw the attention of the listeners list to
0: some important points here. Molina could it? could I on that note, because we want to listen very clearly to what you next have to say, but I also need to take a break quickly. And um, so a short break, and we'll be back with you, Molina just after this.
1: Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the cake. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The
0: Well, we continue with the focus on Palestine with Maldana Ehsan Hendrix. Maldana, over to you, sir.
1: But uh, Jabil, if you don't, uh, if you don't mind, that uh, let me just remind the listeners that uh, the jingle that you've been playing, advertising the coming of Leila Khalid, is absolutely very important and part of my duty and responsibility tonight is also to dedicate some of my time in motivating that the community supports the visit and the tour of Layla Khalid, uh, particularly uh, to Cape Town, insha'Allah. As a reminder to the community, Layla Khalid will be here in Cape Town uh, coming Thursday, the 12th of February, insha'Allah. And uh, under the auspices of the Muslim Judicial Council and the Al-Quds Foundation, she will be hosted here in Cape Town in the form of a banquet for which uh, tickets are available. And the contact person is the trustee of the Al Quds Foundation, Haji Yunus Ali, the treasurer of the Al Quds Foundation. And again, with the Jamil, his number is 79 You have that, with Jamil? I've
0: got that, Maulana. That's Haji uh, Yunus Ali, his treasurer. That is
1: Haji Yunus mm-hmm. Ali. These are available at the price of, uh, 200 rand and we are asking our community to support. It will be at the Darul Islam campus and that is in the Surrey State area, the Darul Islam campus and that is for the dinner in honor of Leila Khalid next weekend Thursday at 7 p.m. Taala. Beautiful,
0: Maulena. We'll repeat this as often as we can, Maulena.
1: Barakallah the uh, continuity of the Jamil of our program we said that prior to the Al-Isra wal-Ma'raj there are three uh, uh, very uh, emotional happenings around the life of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam number one with the Jamil, we place on the record the demise of the uncle of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam Abu Talib and then also place on the record Virtually the time period between the demise of Abu Talib, the uncle of the Nabi, and the wife of the Nabi, Khadija al-Kubara, was virtually just two months after the demise of Abu Talib, passed away the wife of the Nabi, Khadija al-Kubara. So already we have two very emotional aspects around the life of the Nabi, alayhi al Now why should we highlight this in relation to Baytul Maqdis? It is important because the Isra and the Mi'raj took place approximately a year, a year and a half prior to the Hijra from Makkah to to Manawara. And the third happening that happened is that after the demise of Abu Talib, Khadija al-Kubara, the Ali alayhi salatu ventured to Ta'if. And uh, I did uh, remind the listeners last week, over the years we have listened to the details of Ta'if. Now very leading historians, uh, such as uh, Ibn al such as Mawlana Mubarak al-Puri, uh, describe it all in their books and draw our attention to the fact that these three emotional aspects, Ibn al-Ishaq described that in his days, that is most probably why the year prior to the Isra and the is described as Amul Huzn, the year of grief. So the emotional condition of the Nabi alayhi salatu was salam was one that is placed on record, and therefore, the Isra and the Mi'raj is seen in this very positive light. It is seen as to be the journey divinely designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I thought that Abu uh, Tajamil, in order to give the listeners deeper insight into how important it is to understand that this this was not merely just a journey and sometimes we pass through the information without spending time on the details so, and, and, and and i would love you to reflect on this uh, it, it it sometimes is the tradition uh, the imams and the chefs and the ulama we share uh, uh, information without going into the details and th- there are details attached to this. And the details is furthermore collaborated in the hadith when Sayyidatuna Aisha ta'ala actually asked the Nabi alayhi whether there was a time and a period in his life worse than the experience than the Battle of Uhud. And the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam actually responded and said his experience on his way to Ta'if. Now, just uh, prior to entering Ta'if, there's a small little valley that is known as Al-Aqaba. Al-Aqaba, this is uh, the name of the valley. And that is why the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam described the emotion, the abuse, the he suffered in Al-Aqaba, just the valley uh, before Ta'if. And that how Jibareel alayhi salatu descended and responded to the Nabi alayhi salatu in terms of his emotion and said, the Malaika awaits the dua of the Nabi alayhi so that the people of Ta'if may be punished. For the harm they inflicted on the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam. Yeah, very significantly, the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam do not resort to the curse of the people of Ta'if. Do not resort to the abuse of the people of Ta'if. فَقَالَ النَّبِيُّ alayhi salatu وَسَّلَامُ بَلْ أَرْجُوْ أَيُخْرِجَ اللَّهُ مِنْ أَفْمَابِهِمْ مَنْ يَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَحْدَهُ the Nabi Alayhi Salaam expressed his hope and his supplication and du'a was I wish and I make du'a that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring the future generations of the people of Ta'ir Those who will worship and be obedient to the Almighty Allah And will not be of those associate partnership to the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here we learn uh, the very classical principle of the Amdiyah is never to resort to curse at first. Uh, they always resort to supplication and dua. It was necessary to place this on record with the Jamil because we cannot merely just pass through the details of the Isra and the Maharaj. Therefore, Furthermore, when we keep our eyes on Bayt al-Maqdif, as Abdullah Umar Ma'aruf described in his book, and remember the title of this book, Bata Jamil, is The Prophetic Vision, the Prophetic Strategy that led to the conquest of Bayt al-Maqdif. Now, Bata Jamil, I think last week we ended off, and I did ask the question. Abid al-Jamil, listeners of Radio Voices of the Cape, can you visualize what was the spirit the night of Laylatul al-Isra wal-Ma'arad when Rasulullah arrived in Bayt al-Maqdis? What was the dominant spirit that particular night? And therefore, the subsequent journeys to Jerusalem, and particularly, four years after the demise of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, when we commonly make reference to Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattir, four years after the demise of the Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, the continuity to make sure that the conquest of Bayt al-Maqdis is finally feel now here today I want to appeal to the community the character of Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu Amirul mu'mineen in his conquest to Baytul Maqdis must be seen to be in same spirit the same characteristics the same ethics the same values the same principles that Rasulullah sallallahu,
0: sallallahu sallam, Allah, sallam. went to Baitul
1: Maqdis.
0: Maulana, that, again, <laughs> could I just disturb you? I need to go for a very short break and uh, we'll continue after this.
1: Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the cave The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. The
0: Well, we continue with the focus on Palestine with Molina Ihsan Hendricks. Molina, are you still with us?
1: Yes, sir. But okay. I wish to concentrate on the personality of Sayyidina Umar Ibn Al-Tab radiallahu ta'ala. There is lots of details, extraordinary details to the character and the akhlaq that Sayyidina Umar Amir al-Mu'mineen conquered Bayt al Maqdis the 15th year Of the Hijrah. It is important to emphasize to our community tonight that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has chosen Sayyidina Umar ibn al Khattab radiallahu ta'ala as Fatihu Bayt al Maqdis, the conqueror of Bayt al Maqdis. Now, Bada Jamil, that is a very extraordinary virtue and a very extraordinary honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiAllahu ta'ala alayhi. We did repeat this in the past, but let me emphasize and say the manner and the simplicity and the humility, but the sincerity of Sayyidina Umar in how he conquered Baitul Maqdis remains a very good reference for leadership in the Muslim community the simplicity even to the extent that the jubba of Sayyidina Umar had 14 patches on how Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala and who was said to have pulled the camel and the young boy that was on the camel's back some historians even describe that the sandals of Sayyidina Umar was under his armpit the description of how the Adhan was made. The description of how the Romans stood at the outskirts of Bayt al-Maqdis, awaiting and assuming that an army was coming from Medina tul Manawara to conquer Bayt al-Maqdis. But to their surprise, it was one single Amir al-Mu'mineen because... There was official correspondence between the Matran, between the Archbishop Sarofras and Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala, when he called upon Amir al-Mu'minin to come to Bayt al But even the Matran, as he's called in Arabic, the Archbishop, he assumed that Sayyidina Umar was going to arrive with an army. But Sayyidina Umar did not arrive with an army. The Sahabi Sayyidina Abu Ubaid Amr Ibn al-Jarrah Radiyallahu ta'ala Stood on the outskirts of Bayt al-Maqdir He looked at Sayyidina Umar The simplicity of Sayyidina Umar And the paraphernalia of the Romans Who stood in their grandeur Waiting for Sayyidina Umar to come And Sayyidina Abu Ubaidah Amir Ibn al-Jarrah Remarked to Sayyidina Umar and said, anna ahla la It is as though the people of Medina are not paying any attention to you, referring to the simplicity of the clothing of Sayyidina Umar. Immediately Sayyidina Umar reminded Sayyidina Abu Ubaid Anar ibn al-Jarrah that our dignity is not in our paraphernalia of clothing, but our dignity and our honor is in Islam. For we the Arabs were the most disgraced people. For Allah bil Islam. Allah gave us izza through Islam. How much we seek izza and dignity in anything else, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will disgrace us because our izza is in Islam. Sayyidina radiallahu Ta'ala anuch Concluded agreements with the people of Jerusalem. In fact, in the Al-Ufdat al the document, which I hope that next week when we continue with the program, we will now spend a little bit more time in the details of the fact and the agreement that was written with Ahlu Elia, the people of Elia. And by the way, Elia is the Roman name for Beit al an Ilya in the roman script means Baitullah, the house of allah and yes al-quds is Muqaddas, it is the sacred holy house the point of emphasizing on these details for the there are a number of concerns we have that is happening today particularly around the ongoing and this is new for the cape town community i don't know if you are familiar with it with and i'm sure that for your seniority i can ask you the question today we are introduced what we hear the abuse of the illustrious companions of the prophet muhammad the Muslims in Cape Town and the Muslims in South Africa are not familiar with it. In fact, on the social media you see, shockingly, the type of abuse to Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala This is not part of the teachings of this community here in Cape Town. We have seen the intensification of the insult and the abuse of the Sahaba ridawana ta'ala Imagine the abuse of Sayyidina Umar, Fatih of Bayt al-Maqdis, the conqueror of Bayt al-Maqdis, the dignity and the akhlaq that was displayed by Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab. And we see it among young, irresponsible people that has begun to show an appetite for foreign alien ideological ideas that begin to creep into our community. Totally in contradiction with how our people were taught over the years by the ulama and the imam to respect this sahaba, Ridawanullah Ta'ala, Im But, what benefit is there for an ordinary person to be critical about Ibn Umar? Is there any benefit about it?
0: No, Mullah. No.
1: Can there be any benefit? And that's why tonight, in presenting the conquest of Fayyid al-Maqdis, I want to remind the community. We must begin to close the gaps against those who perpetuate the abuse of the Sahaba Ridwan Allah ta'ala ajma'een. Even if their names are Muhammad and Ibrahim and Yusuf and whatever their names may be, we should not tolerate those who abuse the illustrious companions of the Prophet Muhammad And more so, it is shockingly, sometimes you ask stuff and you read on the social media and you see what is happening. Where is this coming from some of them? Comes from outside South Africa, clipping, celebrating the death of Sayyidatuna Aisha, radiallahu ta'ala anha. clipping such as abusing the Sahaba. This is foreign to our community, it is not the makeup of this community. We have to save God against this, and therefore. Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu is recorded as Al-Quds saka'ha Umar. Conquered by Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. Sayyidina Umar radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. And of course, the great Salahuddin Ayyubi came and he liberated. He liberated Baytul Maqdis from the crusade. Our problem is that we have lost Baytul Maqdis. We have lost Jerusalem the day we became negligent on our deen, the day when we see the increase of the abuse of the Sahaba Ta'ala lim ajmain In fact, one of the diagnoses that was made by Salahuddin in his time, in the preparation for the Fatah and the, the liberation of Bayt al he detected and diagnosed that, that there were people who became abusive of the Sahaba Ridwan Ta'ala lim ajmain He said, what is the use of wanting to liberate al-Quqs? What is the use of wanting to liberate Baytul Maqdis? And we find in our rings people who are abusing the companions of the Nabi Muhammad So I thought that tonight was the ideal opportunity for me to emphasize and to say and we should convey to our community no rainbow is going to liberate Al-Quds. Even those who have the imagination, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always given the honor and the dignity, <laughs> always at the hands of pious people. Those who aspire in the akhlaq of Sayyidina Umar, they will become the conquerors of al Maqdis, insha'Allah, Amen. I'm sure Jamili will agree with me that uh, there is almost an endless list for the political disappointments around Jerusalem. The political negotiations around Palestine, the list is growing on a day-to-day basis. The Palestinian people continue to experience disposition the Palestinian people continues to experience the intensification of the group of Zionist occupation. It's getting easier for the Palestinian people. It's getting worse day by day. The killing of innocent people. The killing and the murder of innocent children. The killing of the elderly. The restriction of the Muslims from... Masjid al-Aqsa, the creation of the the, the settlement, the mustaw piece by piece, piece by piece, eating into the land of the Palestinian people. And the only aspiration that the Palestinian people have is to return to their land of birth. And so the political uh, disappointment, the less increased, the less increased, the less increased. And the great tidings to the community is we will only go back to Baytul Maqdis. We will conquer Baytul Maqdis as it was conquered by Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. And in our understanding and our conviction, we are clear that that honor and dignity, that dignity liberate Bait al-Maqdis will not come except if we embrace the model of Sayyidina Omar Ibn al-Khattab Radhiallahu wa ta'ala uh, I know that time is against us so uh, how much time do we have left
0: to wrap up? Uh, uh, well We've got uh, two or three more minutes then we go for an ad break uh, we come back and then after that again
1: I want to say in the last uh, two, three minutes that the community must seriously
0: mm. Maulena, take note. Molena, mm-hmm. just be told we can run up until 1945,
1: Maulena. Marukkala. Uh, the community needs to take note, serious note, from the arrival of the early Muslims back in 1652 and onwards. The Muslims in this city of Cape Town and South Africa must take serious note against many of these foreign ideas that is creeping in this community, things that we are not familiar with, things that come at a shocking rate to this community. And I know some of us try to be diplomatic about it. Some of us try to turn a blind eye to it. Some of us uh, try to be silent about it uh, with the Jamil, Yes, ma'am. Listeners of Radio Voice of the Cape, how are we going to save God, our innocent children, and the innocent generation in the future? Can I ask the question with the jameel? Our people have, in honorability, adopted the name of Umar, Radiallahu Ta'ala Anhu, Abu Bakr, Radiallahu Ta'ala Anhu, Uthman Radiallahu Ta'ala Anhu, how do you explain to your 10-year-old son or daughter when he comes and he says, why is it that I see that people curse and swear Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Omar? Mm. What do you explain to your son and your daughter?
0: Uh, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and those who engineer it, that us from it. Those who think that they should have space in the peaceful coexistence in South Africa and in the Muslim community should know. These are of the offensive, abusive areas that does affect the Muslims. And so, how do we rescue that? We are not going to rescue it by having a statement on the social media. We have to teach our children the love of the Sahaba We have to teach our children the details of the illustrious companions of the Prophet Muhammad. We
0: have
1: to teach our children the details of the... Very dedication, their sincerity, their contribution to the dignity that we have as Muslims today. And if one begins to draw the map, the geographical map of where the illustrious companions in Sahaba journeyed to the various places, particularly after the demise of the Nabi Muhammad. And that is why we pride ourselves. There is Salman al farisi the Salman, the Persian, Suhayt Rumi, Bilal al Habashi. Listen to the names with Bilal al Habashi from where? From Abyssinia, yeah. the Sahabi from Abyssinia. Sahid Rumi. Salman al Farisi. It was precisely these men around the Prophet Muhammad wa sallam, whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala healed, radhiallahu anhum wa radu'an. This is a very serious problem that we begin to experience in our community. I feel that in my capacity as, in fact, the president of the Muslim Judicial council, to caution our community and to say the imam and all our masjid, you must close the gap. You must carefully monitor what is happening in our community. The fitna of those who begin to plant the feet amongst the young innocent in our community to begin to abuse and swing abuse to Sayyidina Abu Bakr, to Sayyidina Umar, to Sayyidatuna Aisha radiallahu ta'ala, these sahaba ta'ala alayna the minute we detect these type of problems, Remember, it is the beginning of major complexities that is going to further come into the community. The imams must increase. And particularly, we have a community with the Jamil that is well-grounded in their love for the Palestinian issue. The Muslim community of South Africa, and particularly in Cape Town, has, in recent years, demonstrated their solidarity, their commitment for the Palestinian struggle, The Palestinian people themselves today have a high regard for the Muslim community of South Africa. Some of the most effective public demonstrations in recent years took place in the city of Cape Town. In fact, the more than 100,000 march for Gaza still stands out to be on the record of the uh, international community as one of the most biggest marches and in a South African context, in fact, even those who were in the forefront of the struggle for liberation and freedom in South Africa recognized that that march in Cape Town was not the biggest in the democratic, but in the history, in the political history of South Africa, it was one of the biggest marches, if not the biggest. And therefore, sharing the conquest of Bayt al-Maghdib. Nobody can talk about the conquest of Bayt al-Maghdib by being silent on Sayyid al-Omr ibn al-Khattab.
0: Mm-hmm. Al-Qata'l,
1: al-Qata'l, al-Qata'l, al-Qata'l.
0: Maulena, In fact, last week I did... Maulena, okay, I've just been told that uh, the waqt of Maghrib is virtually upon us and this is where we are going to have to end it, Maulena.
1: Yes we continue and we will discuss the details of the agreement that Sayyidina Umar made with the people of Jerusalem. Insha'Allah. Shukran, razakum allahu khayran, wa alaykum wa rahmatullahi
0: wa barakatuhu. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh That's the Molina Ihsaan Hendricks this evening speaking as the executive director of the al Foundation of South Africa.